Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I'm beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem. I am so excited because today we're doing a very special episode in honor of Father's Day. We wanted to talk about the role, the vital role that godly fathers play in our lives. And with me today, I have two very important dads. We have Joel Goddard, our worship pastor, and his father-in-law, Jim Litchford. Hey guys, welcome hey, to the morning. podcast. So glad to have y'all here. So we we kind of know you guys, but tell our listeners who you are and your relationship to one another, kind of what you do here at the church. And mm-hmm. uh, Jim, you're a man of many titles, so we'll start with you first. <laughs> Thank you, Angela. <laughs> <clears throat> I am, in fact, Jim Litchford, and I am happily married to my wife, Susan. Of uh, 52 years we've been together, (laughs) and we are blessed with three wonderful daughters whom I will describe as mature and grown, which (laughs) means they're old. Uh, They (laughs) have beautiful beautiful families, and so therefore we're blessed with eight grandchildren. Oh, wow. Each grandchild knows which one's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) They're all your favorite, I'm sure. Yes, they are. And I'm Joel Goddard, uh, worship pastor here at Bethlehem. Um, been married for uh, see this November will be twenty twenty one years. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, twenty one okay. years. Okay, awesome. Uh, three kids. Um, so three of his eight grandchildren are ours, and um, uh, and, and honestly, relationship wise with Jim as a father in law, uh, is I would say. One of the most effective things in my life as far as learning about fathering and how to be a father have, have been a lot from watching him and how he has been with his daughter. So very thankful for him and that relationship. Awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, the fact that the two of you were willing to do a podcast together, son-in-law, father-in-law, doing a podcast together says a lot. We about actually your... like each other. Yeah, we do. We like being around each they other. They were both really excited to be on the podcast together. So that, to me, just spoke volumes about their relationship to one another. So we're, today we're talking about godly fathers, and I I, I picked both of you because I, I think that of, of both of you, whether it's true or not, Jim, we, that remains to be seen, right? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but you tell us, you tell our listeners, what does a godly father look like in today's world? What would you say is kind of the most important or defining characteristic of a godly father? Because many of our listeners weren't raised with that. Uh, a godly father role model in their home. So we didn't have that example set for us. So you tell our listeners what that is. Well, I was not raised with a godly father, um, but I learned a lot from watching him. Mm. Uh, He did a lot of things well. It did a lot of things not very well. Mm. So uh, I learned as I grew and matured in Christ that my role is to uh, respect him even when he doesn't deserve respect. Mm. And what that says to me is that I'm to to act and treat him in a respectful manner, whether or not I believe he deserves respect. And it it all gets down to 
you know, why Christ came. He came to forgive. God sent him here to forgive. And so my role, responsibility, and my, my prompting was to forgive my father for when he was not perfect. Yeah. And so I think uh, as going forward, learning, and it's never over. It's a process. Yeah. It's, it's a journey, as Susan would tell me that I'm on. Yes. <laughs> Is that need to learn how to be more like Christ. What's my purpose in life? Mm -hmm. And as a father is to be more like Christ. It's to treat people with honor, respect, dignity, and to forgive and and fess up when I messed up and move on and try to do better. Mm. That's good. I would say that's key. Um, What I I learned from Jim um, that I did not see um, how how I grew up is Jim um, would, would, would actually repent. Uh, when mm-hmm. he did things wrong, uh, it wasn't about I'm the dad. I'm always right. You have to do it this way. I was kind of raised that way. Yeah. And also, even lived kind of in a um, do as I say do, but not actually what I do. Mm. And <clears throat> so there was definitely some battling going on. Me or which one do you do? Is yeah. it what you say? Is it who you are? Because um, there were some differences. So. Um, uh, I would say I would agree with Jim. I think one of the key things I learned um, becoming a father and raising kids is learning how to admit when I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, there there was always a sense where the expectation of being a godly father was that um, I read the Bible in front of my kids every day, that we pray all the time, um, and you know, there's just this pressure. Of of the what a godly father was, especially if you were raised in church, yeah. And what I realized is the key role of a godly father is to raise his children to have their own personal relationship mm. with God, mm-hmm. not based off what I expect, but just based off their own relationship with the Lord. That's so good. So I didn't. Um, I I've, I've never pushed my kids, you got to read the Bible this much a yep. day, you need to spend this much time in prayer, and I, I've, I've, I've never done that, um, because I feel like that in many ways is a, is a bit more religious than a relationship, yep. and I sure. wanted it to be their own, mm-hmm. uh, and so they all, all three of mine, have their own relationships with the Lord, and one of my favorite things is to walk in on them spending time in the Word where nobody made them, nobody's asked them to. They it's just their own personal relationship. So, that's to good. me, that's the key role of a godly father, is to teach your kids to have their own relationship with the Lord. That is so good, and I want to take note too. Like Joel, you're you're on stage. You're the worship pastor, so people see you, mm-hmm. and you've been here at Bethlehem for a long time, and so I, I love. I just kind of want to talk about the or kind of dispel that myth that. You know, the people, a lot of people see you as a leader and a spiritual leader, and you are that, but it doesn't necessarily, I don't know, there's this, um, maybe this expectation that you were raised in this perfect environment and, yes. and had the perfect upbringing, and and that's just, you know, none of none of that's true for, for us here today. No, no, and honestly, even in the best environments, there's no such thing. That's right. And I think that's where people... 
uh, a lot of, and this really speaking to dads, you know, especially with Father's Day coming up, you know, there's this sense that I've failed and I've done it wrong. Well, yeah. all of us have. Mm-hmm. No matter how well you raise your kids, they're going to need counseling. Yes. <laughs> it yes. doesn't matter. Yes. Like they're going to need counseling. They're going to need outside help yeah. to help walk them through that. And, you know, my environment uh, growing up, it was, it, like I said, it, there was there was a religious side, a relationship with the Lord's side, a going to church every time the doors were opened. Mm-hmm. But then there was another side that um, that in many ways did damage. And yeah. so it was, uh, and I had to come into my own relationship with the Lord, and it wasn't until later on uh, in high school. Mm. Um, and I, there, there was a moment in my life where I decided uh, to let God be my father. Mm-hmm. And I could take you to where I was sitting when I decided to do that. And and my mother-in-law, uh, what she has has seen me as a father in that role, and say, you know, you shouldn't be a, a very good father, yeah. um, based off what you saw. She said, but what I see is that you seeing God as your father is what's actually caused you to be a good dad. Oh wow! And so I want to respond to my kids the way God responds to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's always in forgiveness. It's never that I make him look bad. Yeah. You know, the, the, there's never been a moment where I've said to my kids, "You're you are hurting the Goddard name." Mm-hmm. It's well, I don't do that. I don't take offense to that. And uh, it, Stacy's sister, uh, my sister-in-law, she she taught she taught us this. Uh, she has four kids. And she always said, don't take it personally mm-hmm. when your kids act like fools, yeah. when they disobey. Don't take it personally. That's their job. Yes. They're born into sin. Right. So it's their job to be that way. Our job is to help guide them. Yeah. And it's not taking it personally. And I don't get it right all the time. Sure, I still sure. will take it personally. We will butt heads and we will have our, our things we work through. But I, f- I found the healthiest part of parenting is when I don't take things personally and go, well, yeah, you're supposed to be that way. I'm like that. Right. You know? Well, and even a couple episodes ago, we had uh, Kevin Miller and Philip Costa from Eagle Ranch. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Philip said, such a great episode, he said that uh, even the perfect father, God, in it, he mm-hmm. created the perfect environment, had the perfect children, and even they messed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so that was it. Was like that really took a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Off well, of I us. wanted to I agree with Joel uh, on his mother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> this happens to be my favorite wife of fifty-two years. Yeah. She said even this morning. She said that her picture that she sees of God the Father. Mm. She sees God the Father, and He's the one that's blessed us with these children. Mm. And what He wants us to do is to reflect. God the Father to our children. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so that's really powerful. It's not up to the the moms, the ladies to nurture alone and love the kids. Right. The dads are to reflect yes. and, and be yes. an example of God the Father mm-hmm. to them. So, Jim, mm-hmm. that's perfect because that actually you you did a perfect segue into my <laughs> well, next thank question. You. You're Joel a professional. Told me to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so our culture, I I think this is true, and you guys speak into this too, but I, I think this is really true, that the, our culture downplays the importance of the role of godly fathers. Um, and, and we hear a lot, there's a lot of emphasis on the mom mm-hmm. and her role and her, her influence on the children, the wife of noble character. Uh, we hear so much about that, but I don't think that we hear enough about the importance of godly, mm-hmm. godly fathers. So talk mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, you know, I was thinking... Um, earlier this morning about that 
in, in God, the creator of the universe, created things in order. Mm-hmm. And if you look at God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, yeah. they're three individual and distinct entities, but they are one. Mm. They are one. And it says in Genesis that that God created male and female, mm-hmm. and you've got male and female that come, they're different. Right. Thank goodness they're yep. different. Not mm-hmm. just physically, but they're different <laughs> yeah. in how they feel, do a lot of things. Yep. It's, but when they come together as a couple, they are one. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is the example I have about how in, how important is a father uh, to the relationship. Hmm. You know, he said, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one come to the Father except through me. And if you see me, if you know me, you know the Father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and, and he does nothing except what the Father shows him to do. So how important is a father yeah. to the relationship in a family? And so I, I think of it's like we, the fathers become examples or issues. Right. And, and right. all fathers have issues. And we as sons or daughters uh, to the father have choices to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have choices to, to be bitter, to be unforgiveness, to judge, to push back, or we can choose to be what God tells us to do is to be respectful. Honor your father and your mother. That's coming up too. Right. Is it whether they're honorable or not, mm-hmm. or whether you to respect that's your dad, right. whether you think he deserves it or not. Right. Mm-hmm. We are respectful in how we honor them, and it says more about whether they deserve it. It says more about us than it does about those whether or not they deserve it. Same with honor. We're to be honorable. Even if we disagree, we think it's an issue, we honor them by the way we treat them and talk to them and cover them. Yeah. So that to me, how important is a father? He, if father and mother together make a unit. Right. They're individual. They come together. They are one. Right. And it's complete. Yeah. And it's important mm-hmm. that both are operating out of their gifting and what how God has created mm-hmm. them. That's and, so good. And you know, the... We just we live in a time. I, I I bring it up to all three. I've got two girls and a boy. My boy's in the middle. is fifteen, but um, I've I've trained them to pay attention um, to how many times you see commercials and things on TV that downplay and downgrade dads. Yes. Um, and how they're the idiot. They're yep. the one that doesn't know what's going on. Yep. They're the one hanging in the blinds in the in the back while the woman, while the mom is saying, "This is uh, how we're, I'm the one in control. Right. I'm the one doing this." And so, um, and I and I do that to to show them that to me says the importance in, uh, of the father because the world's trying to tear that down. Mm-hmm. The world's trying to take that away. And actually, calls um, uh, men to buy into a lie that you're not important when it comes to the family right, unit. That you're not necessary. Yes, mm-hmm. and they are vital. And and being in ministry, uh, a, a lot of the counseling we do are situations where the vital role, the father, that part of the role was not there. Right. And because that, that role is absent or not stepped into what he's supposed to be, that's why we're dealing with a lot of these things with it, with lots of counseling. And, and then, you know, mm-hmm. for instance, like even with my son, you know, eventually one day he's going to get married. And so I want to raise him to not buy into that so that he can step into his marriage knowing his role. 
and that it is an awesome thing to be able to do that side by side with the person that you're married to, especially in raising kids and being the man that you're called to be. Mm. Those are, Joe, the, are the best examples of being a godly father is that it's your kids see how you treat your wife. Your kids see how you talk about people from church or talk about your boss at work. It's you're setting an example of how it should be. And if you're like me, I I never got it right all the time, but you had mentioned earlier, it's quick to recognize that you made a mistake. I'm wrong. You humble yourself and you, and you move on Mm -hmm. and, and kids see that. And that's a lot of how they will relate Mm -hmm. to their relationships as they grow up. Yeah. A big thing for me, um, Uh, I actually uh, w- met with a counselor for years, and one of the things that he said to me, um, he said, you know, you were raised in an environment where the family belongs to the dad. Mm-hmm. And he said, and what I'm asking you to do is flip that. You belong to your family. You belong to your mm-hmm. wife. You belong to your kids. Mm-hmm. And that's not helicopter, give them everything they want, spoil them. It's, it, and it changed things for me. And then the other big shift for me was that, okay, I belong to you now. Um, and so I'm going to be the biggest servant. I'm going to be the one that uh, that bears the heavy load. I want to step into these situations and not respond in fear. I don't want to helicopter my kids. Like we're we're going to go through trials, yes. and I will. I refuse to keep my kids from going through trials because how will they know their relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. unless they have that? And then the, the next thing for me <clears throat> was learning that not only do I belong to them, um, but it's it's a it, to like when it comes to being. Um, a father and a husband, that uh, it's not a weak thing to Mm. be the one that Mm. serves and loves Mm. them and blesses them and encourages them. Um, And, you know, it's really powerful. Well, and what you just said, I'm going to jump ahead to one of the questions, but it it, it just reminded me of something that I had in my notes that watching my husband, the way that he serves our family and the way that he fathers our four kids has been healing to me and my view of what a godly father should look like. So what, I mean, that's, it is, it, it is totally not, you know, of course I'm not, not there yet, but it has healed and restored a lot of the wrong mm-hmm. views that I had of what, what a father should look like. Right. So what you're saying is, is dead on. Mm-hmm. So Joel, you, um, you kind of touched on this, that what are the, the examples, talk about some of the examples that, that were set for you. As fathers, you guys have already kind of touched on that, but talk a little bit about your relationships with your dads and how that has shaped who you are mm. today. You want to go? Uh, before I forget, is my dad um, modeled to me uh, a good provider, being a good provider, mm-hmm. uh, being uh, dedicated and uh, committed to his work. Mm. Uh, and he was very well respected in the workplace, uh, which at times surprised the family because he was not like that at home. Uh-huh. It was uh, he had some some issues that just it was very difficult at times to 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 feel comfortable and safe and secure in the home. Not not a physical concern, sure. but just an emotional type thing. Mm-hmm. So he set some really good examples, and he set some examples that. 
that uh, I definitely did not want to repeat. Right. But I, I did find as I grew and got married and went into the workplace and had a family that I had judged my father for certain things and held it against him. And as yeah. Scripture says, uh, yeah. I became the very thing that I judged. Mm. So I learned quickly to to confess, repent, uh, and and ask for forgiveness for that, so that I wouldn't be passing that on to to the generation that follows. Right. I actually ended up with my dad uh, going to him to tell him one last time, "This is why." You're having issues with where you're living. You're treating people like this. You're doing this. It's bad, and they don't want you there anymore. So I was prepared to go in and tell him all this stuff to show him how bad he was and mm. why I needed to move him somewhere else. And as I got ready to go in and tell him that, uh, the Lord says, uh, you you leave your list in the car. And I went in, and I sat down in front of my father, and I asked him to forgive me for not being the son that he deserved or needed. Wow. And from that moment on, the whole thing changed. He actually came to know the Lord at the tender age of about 80. Wow. And uh, I and Charles Stanley <laughs> helped him grow in the Lord <laughs> as he listened to him on the radio in Griffin, Georgia. Yeah, that is <laughs> But it, it's a really forgiveness in action is an incredibly powerful thing. Mm -hmm. And it is all about forgiveness. If you can forgive your dad and your mom right. for not being perfect and hurting you and yes. you're going through this stuff, you've got to, it, it's a commandment. I mean, you got to forgive. That's I mean, it's, right. it's the whole deal. Right. Because so. if we judge, we're judging ourselves. And yeah, yeah and, and we need that forgiveness just as much. And mm -hmm. we become the very things that we end up judging. Mm -hmm. So, wow. Yeah, I really believe... It, uh, with everything I have, that my mom and dad, they did the best they mm -hmm. could. Yes. You know, there was no intent, you know, to hurt. It's just a lot of uh, how you're raised comes to the next generation. Right. Especially and, in the times, too, that they were mm, in. You know, you sure. think about the, I think about that with my parents. Mm -hmm. They did the best with the with the tools that they were given at the mm -hmm. time. Yeah, and I, I um Remember specifically with my father, you know, we we were raised in an environment where, um, you know, he could get mad very easily. Mm -hmm. um, inanimate objects would frustrate him. Yep. It wasn't just kids, you know. I'd, I'd see him throw hammers, you know. <laughs> like it was just a, a, a normal thing. Yeah. And when we did frustrate him, it was our fault. Mm -hmm. And why would we be so dumb to make him mad? And um, and so that I, I grew up in that, not knowing the spiritual law of judgment and becoming a thing mm -hmm. you judge. Mm -hmm. And then I brought that into my own home mm -hmm. where everything's fine as long as you don't make me mad. And then I started to see that even in my relationship with Stacy. And uh, I, I, I'm, I, I don't have it completely nailed down and done, sure. but realizing that, and, and really repenting before the Lord about that, but also uh, forgiving my father and repenting of those judgments towards him. And part of it was, as Jim said, when, when I, I knew that he had done that with his father, and when I first heard that, the Lord began to really deal mm -hmm. with me. And so I repented to my father about, you know what? I mean, it's just easy to point yep. at things and go, well, I, I deserve to feel this way because you did this instead of going, you know what, Th this is about uh, how I'm going to respond to this. That's right. And you know what I learned? Like when it, when it comes to parenting, I, there was a time where I thought God gave me these kids so that I could change them. Mm. 
But the truth is, God gave me these kids so he can change me. Yes. And yes. God reveals my stuff all the time, and it comes up. And Ooh. my <laughs> oldest daughter, she's 17 years old, and she is uh, a force to be reckoned with. She's not loud, but we will. It, we are powerful when we're shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. We are a hurricane when we face to face. And a lot of our conversations have been about we both have that passion in us that can turn to anger real quick when we feel disrespected, when we feel like we're not listened to and those things. And I've had moments where I'm like, I hear, I see your mouth moving. I just don't understand why we're disagreeing right now. I feel like we're saying the same thing. And one of the things she said to me, this one got me. She said, sometimes I feel like you're more concerned about being right than that I'm wrong. Mm. And that was a that was a paradigm shift in our relationship and me as a father. And this is just recent. I'm giving you fresh stuff. Like <laughs> it it was a it was a, a I went to bed thinking, gosh, to me, I know it's the same thing. Her wrong, me being right. Yeah. It, but what I hear her saying, if I stop and humble enough to listen, is that I come across more passionate about my side than that she is changing, that she sees and that she changes. Hmm. That's the hard part of fathering is that it's about them. It's not about me. Mm. It's never about me. It's about them changing. But the process is they're not going to change until I change my stuff first. So good. So good. Okay. So we're going to talk about you two. All right. I'm (laughs) his favorite. Yeah. His his favorite father-in-law. He is. Yes. So I think it's cool. I was I was kind of doing the math there, Jim. You've got three daughters and no sons. Well, <laughs> have one now, <laughs> right? And he's sitting yeah, right sure. here. Yeah. And so, and you said that you've learned a lot from you know uh, a godly father from Jim. Mm-hmm. And so, talk. I want to talk about your relationship with each other. And has it always been that easy? Or it's always been amicable. It's just as we've grown together. Uh, we've recognized the other ones have issues too. <laughs> so it's Uh-oh. like um, Joel had mentioned, and one of the things about a godly father is it, it, it is a journey. You've got I've I have found that I need to be quick to say when I'm wrong. I need to be quick not just to say it to if I said it to my wife, who is what most people are watching. That's your closest relationship. Right. Is that. I have to let them know that I asked her to forgive me for something I said that she told me later hurt her feelings. Mm. So quick to repent, yeah. quick to ask for forgiveness, and then let everybody know, hey. He'll tell the whole family. Do, do that. <laughs> like they it's deal like, with it, but then he'll come yeah. back to us and go, I just want you yeah. to know I repented wow. to her. Well, there's, mm. It reminds me there's two or three I still have. <laughs> yet to but it's like, uh, but he taught us. <laughs> yeah. uh, Pre-COVID and now mostly after COVID, but... Th- the grandkids are growing up and they've got all this stuff going on. Yep. Every Sunday after church, our whole family would eat lunch at our house, mm. which is like a mile and a half from the church. Not only would we solve the world's issues, we would get real open and transparent about family stuff. Yeah. And so it was actually a, a, a scriptural-based spiritual counseling mm. session for the whole family That's over so a healthy. meal. Yeah. Stacy so, and I would have yeah. disagreements that we couldn't figure out and we would bring it to Sunday lunch. 
and you got to be willing to listen to the family, though. Wow. And you, we would plead our cases, and then people would say who's mm-hmm. right and who's wrong. What a blessing. Yeah. I mean, that is such a, what a gift to families and for the younger kids to see that mm-hmm. modeled for them. Mm-hmm. What a great example. What's well, yeah. ongoing. works in progress, Jim. We all are for sure. I would say like, especially with Jim, you know, as a father-in-law, uh, there's, there was a few moments where I, where I realized, wait a minute. And because I I was so used to an anger outburst and Mm. then something would happen and I would wait for it. And then I, and then he wouldn't do that. And it made me start to trust him more. Yeah. And even moments where, you know, there's moments where, you know, we've we've been through a lot together. Like he and I have been through a lot together. Uh, he's watched me work through things as a husband, as a as a man myself, as a father. But he 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 always is forgiving. I know when I have blown it that I'm going to get forgiveness, mm-hmm. and I'm going to there he. There are things that he has that there there was a moment in particular where he heard Stacy and I have an argument. Yeah. And and uh, a father hearing a man talk to his daughter that way, mm. the, the the opportunity for him to completely come down on me and he didn't take it. And he actually used it as a teaching moment for me. And uh, situations like that, that is the fathering thing that he has done with me that I in turn have done with my kids. Wow. Instead of using as an opportunity to step into my authority as the father, I actually go into it going, me and you, we got the same thing. Mm. I see what you're doing because you're getting that from dad. Wow. You know, And that's been a cool thing for me is having that relationship with him and learning and and knowing that, you know. Yeah. And what I see really what's so great and so unique with the with the two of you is just your willing to be honest, your your willingness to be honest and vulnerable. And I think that men maybe sometimes have a hard time doing that. Would you say is that a stereotype or would you Well, we're we're proud but humble about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's a cultural thing too. Yes. I think there's a lot of pressure on men oh, yeah. to, you know. Yeah. Kind what, of, you, what you see in here is what you think you're going to get. So we want to make sure we present ourselves. Well. Right, right. Yeah, so so that's what would you what what advice would you give to men who maybe struggle with that kind of that willingness to be vulnerable and honest and transparent about uh, tra- transparent about their struggles. Well, um, at first it was kind of scary for me. Uh, then we got involved with small groups way back and learned that there's relationships that you can build in a group. You find out, hey, there's others struggling with the same stuff, whether it's pride or fear or lust or anger or whatever. Right. And then the reason you get together with a small group is to grow spiritually and learn how to live as Christ would have you live. So you do that a lot in in community. That's so good. so it, it takes... It's courage for a lot of men to feel like, oh, they're going to find out who I really am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that uh, is real courage. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I still had a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting w- when we go through hard times in our life, when you find out that circle of trust of people that you have that actually speak into your life, um, you know, I, I remember going through a situation where some of my closest friends, they begin to speak into my life and I was, it was, it hurt, mm-hmm. but I was like, but they love me. Yeah. Like, these are my friends. This is family. They love, they don't want to hurt me and being willing to listen. 
uh, being willing to ask a question and be okay with the answer not being what I want to hear, mm-hmm. but the truth. So, because that's the thing is the longer we act like we got it all figured out, the longer there'll never be change. Right. And truth sets us free. Sure. Uh, yes. And so speaking truth. And so I, I, I I always try my best to go into every situation with an intent to repent of whatever they're going to say and then go from there. Whether whether or not I think I did it or not, they're hurt because they thought I did. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going, so I go in with an intent to repent and then to bring reconciliation, rebuild that bridge and then let's move on, you know? And I feel like I've done that with, with my kids. I've built trust with them. Uh, that I'm going to repent, and for some reason, um, because I do that, because I, I'm I, I'm the one. Hey, let's go sit on the porch for a minute. I got to repent. They know I'm going to. Mm. Like they know I'll do something, and they know. Give it time. He's going to say sorry, <laughs> and and I'll repent to them. But what I've learned in that process is now my kids aren't afraid to repent to me. They aren't. They aren't afraid to come to me with something they're struggling with because they know. I've seen you have to yes. do this, so now I'm doing this with you, yeah. and it, oh, it gives an open environment for them to work through their stuff without knowing they're gonna, with knowing they're not gonna get judged or or beat or whatever. Right, you know? right. They've seen it modeled for them. Yes, that's great. That is so good. So, Jim, you talked a little bit about um, honoring your father and mother. And, um, and yeah, we, we're just going to kind of touch on that just briefly because you've already mentioned it. That's not always easy to do, as you said, um, especially when you've seen, uh, you know, your parents make so many mistakes. So what would you tell our listeners who find themselves in that position? What's some practical advice that you would give to them to take that first step? Um, well, I guess first of all is to – with studied a lot of the same stuff together. Mm-hmm. It, it is the first commandment with the promise. Mm-hmm. And it, I think, is in Exodus and uh, the, the the New Testament's in Ephesians, and it says, you know, honor your father and your mother so that things will go well with you in the land that the Lord has given you. Yeah. And so if you don't honor your father and mother, then wherever you dishonor or hate or judge or bitter, hold it against them, it's not going to go well for you either because you're going to end up doing the same thing. That's right. And I'm a perfect example of that and, and how the Lord showed me the reality of that spiritual law. Uh, I, I became an angry person. Mm. I became a judgmental person. Uh, I became a critical person. All those things I judged my father for. And as I uh, realized that, uh, you know, well, he doesn't, deserve to be respected. He doesn't deserve to be loved. That's not the point. Mm. The point is that I am to be respectful. I am to be honorable in what I say and do. It doesn't mean I, uh, the, what happened didn't happen or what was said didn't get said, but it, mm. it says to me, I'm expecting you, the Lord's expecting me to be honorable uh, and respectful in how I deal with that. Mm. And it doesn't, it ended up after after 80 years, my dad yeah. came to know the Lord. And it's an interesting story. He was in a hospital bed when we were in Griffin. And now, you know, for years, Stacy and Esther, Martha was already off in college. Lord, please pray. We're praying that the Lord will please save Poppy mm. every night. Wow. It was just automatic. One day at lunch, 
I just decided I was going to pray with my dad once more. He was in the hospital bed. He wasn't ready to die. He was just sick. Mm-hmm. And I uh, asked him, and he agreed to pray. And I, I led him in the prayer to receive the Lord. And, and I got up, and we lived about a mile and a half from the hospital. I went home, and Susan was home educating Esther yep. and Stacy. And I, I just walked in, and I said, you'll never guess what. And Stacy <laughs> just piped up immediately. Poppy got saved. <laughs> I mean, not a word, nothing. Wow. So that, don't give up. That's yeah. Do awesome. not quit praying for your parents who are, are imperfect. Mm. And God came for them and he loves them too, just like he did for you. That's right. So what he, a great word. We're, we're to, to ask for, you know, forgiveness. I love that. And I, I just, I think about the relationship that you two have with each other. Scripture says that God sets the lonely in families and mm-hmm. and I love that. And uh, and and also uh, when our mothers and fathers forsake us, that he pulls us close. Uh, so I think you know, for our listeners, the first step is is seeking God and and devoting your pursuit and getting your uh, letting him father you, because that is that's where it starts. That's so good. So I think if you have one parting word of wisdom for our listeners, what would you say? I would say whenever your father-in-law asks for anything, you stop what you're doing and you do it. Well, I would like it the seems tiller to be working. back. I would like the lawnmower back. I'd like to- <laughs> Well, whatever you guys are doing, it seems to be working. So I love it. And thank you guys so much for your time and your words of wisdom. It's mm-hmm. been a blessing to me, and I know that it will bless our listeners too. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you, Angela. Let me, let me, I, I, I want to pray for the dads. Yes. So, Lord, we do. We mm-hmm. pray for every father listening. We pray for every wife listening, hope, wishing her husband was mm-hmm. listening to this. Mm-hmm. We pray for that single dad who's having to do this by himself. Uh, we pray for um, um, all of the people listening, Father. We thank you that you are the best father. Amen. You're the Amen. best dad. Amen. You know us. You love us. You father us. You lead us. You guide us. So, Lord, all we're asking is that you'll help us do the same thing for these creatures that you've put <laughs> in, in, in under us, Lord. And uh, we just ask for help, Lord. Amen. And at the same time, thank you, Lord. You're teaching us things about ourselves because of them. Please don't let us miss it. So, Lord, I just pray blessings over every yes. father listening right now. Now, thank you, Lord. I speak over them in the name of Jesus. I come against the lie that says it's too late. It is not too late for these fathers listening. Uh, now is the time to step into that role, no matter how old your children are. It's time to start fathering them the way God would, has fathered you. And we just pray that blessing over you and call you Amen. forth to that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. You're welcome. Do we get paid now? <laughs> <laughs> we get paid for this? <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening yeah. to another episode of Beyond Sunday. Y'all have a great week, and we will see you next time.